I'm trying to, if you can understand what I'm trying to do, little bro, I'm trying to give you that vibe, you understand? Perfection comes with time, man. So special, Bethel. And this shit like... Yo, yo, welcome back to another episode of My Brothers and Me. I'm your host, J-Ron, and I have my brother, Joe Hanson, a.k.a. Joshua. What's up, world? And then I have my brother from another mother, Mr. Jawan. Yo. And uh, my other brother, Mr. Jason, couldn't be here with us today. But I ended up bringing an old, old brother that I used to grow up with, uh, Mr. Larry. What's happening? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Larry, man, he's a good dude. I felt like he was uh, much needed on this podcast. Uh, so, Larry, man, what you been up to, man? I ain't been up to a thing, brother. Uh, trying to get my health in order. Uh, you know, had a little sickness. Yeah. Back then, you know, take care of yourselves, no matter how old or young you may be. Uh, other than that, man, just being a dad and, you know, part-time football coach, basketball coach up at the high school we all graduated from. Yeah, so yeah. what... What made you want to uh, start coaching? Realistically, man, just being coached. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where we from, it's a lot of people that came through and, and didn't really care about us. They cared about themselves. And, you know, when you go through that and you get older and you see the same thing happening 15 years later, at some point you kind of got to either com- complain about it or do something about it. So my thing was to try to get my foot in the door so I can do something about it. All right. So you never want to just start off coaching, did you? I mean, nobody really want to be a coach. That ain't nobody. I don't think too many people dream jobs that actually played and kind of was pretty decent at the sport, you know. But sometimes you kind of get put in that position. Yeah, yeah. they go normally be to make it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> coach is the secondary thing. You know, what I mean, the coach is usually the guy that don't play as much. Or, you know what I'm saying? I mean, realistically, or you know, try as hardest, but don't always get the get the tick. So, but I mean, I enjoy it. I embrace it. You know, what I mean, it it. it it's a learning experience, but it's, it's very refreshing and it's very, uh, what's the word? You know, it, it, I, it, I pay it for it. I feel good about what I'm doing. So. All right, so before you came to this epiphany that you wanted to be a coach, man, what kind of other jobs was you out there doing, man? <laughs> let's, let's 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 talk about this story <laughs> that we... Uh... I had to work somewhere everywhere. So I just been in warehouses. I didn't been, you know, I was a mailman for a couple of years. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about that, man. You was out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool. I actually liked that job. The people was was, was a bother, but, you know. Yeah, Jawan was just talking about that stuff, too, man. And you always get it everywhere you go. But, uh, so, <laughs> I'm, I know that Larry knows Jawan. And he goes in, and we all introducing each other again, start, you know, shaking up and everything. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, I go, hey, Jawan, you remember Larry? He's like, yeah, I know this man. This man saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, would you kindly get into this story, man? Because I'm trying to figure out what happened. So, I was a bouncer at Anthony's. You know, Anthony's Pub in Joliet. Uh, and it was a, I mean, it wasn't a horrible night. It was pretty cool. And Anthony's always got some hotheads in there. Yeah. You know I mean? There's always some hotheads that think they're untouchable. Right. And one night, guy was getting touched. Yeah. And, the, you know, the other bouncers came and was kind of getting everything getting in the mix, and I just happened to see a face that was familiar between him and Steve, and I seen how they was doing them, so I put myself in, I inserted myself in the situation and was like, I got him, I got him, just so they would get him off him, because he wasn't really doing nothing, like you said, he was sticking up for his guy, yeah. who it was him and his guy versus about five other dudes, 
So it was like it was really no re- reason for them to be the ones that would be in the most aggression on. Yeah. But that's how it just happened to, to play out. Did the other ones look like him? Did they look like him? He y'all? was the only one look like him. Really? <laughs> I, I ain't going to lie. We was getting handled, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we was in the kitchen getting handled. I thought I took my last <laughs> breath, bro. <laughs> had, me, had me in a nice little chokehold. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was so funny. My scrawny ass was there. And I'm like, is that Juwan? <laughs> is that Juwan over there? <laughs> It wasn't even my fight though, man. I just jumped in to help my friend. He was, you know, he was getting choked out by the bouncers. I had to go oh, in there and do man. something. So, peep though. So I get them all off of him. He, had, Steve, already I think he already made his way out the door. You know what I'm saying? That was their thing. They was just get him outside. Just get him outside. So I end up, like I said, I got them off him and I got them, got him out. And we get outside and somebody say something slick to Jawan. Jawan's still on him. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so they going back at it again. So I had to separate him again because the again the boss is coming again. The other the one that like to choke people. Yeah. So he coming and he get into it with the dude. Jawan was it and the guy that actually actually had him end up on the wall. So I had to come and save the bouncer now. Like get like get off uh, him. Like get your oh my bad my bad. You know go get in the car. I'm like hey man just go bro. So it, it's just I tell people all the time when they come in there. Me if I know you you're not gonna win. And I don't mean it since you're gonna win the fight. You, your argument is never gonna be valid here. Right, so right, just right. if you can get out of it, just get out of it and go. Hey. And if the police come, you're not gonna win that battle either. He so ain't just lying, get up bro. out of there. So the guy that he's talking about that walked up on me, he was a he was a redneck, bro. He had a flannel on, cowboy boots. He was like, "We don't condone in that stuff around here, nigger." Yeah, yeah, straight like that. Oh, you already know I had to do something about that. Yeah, don't be the tough situations right there. Yeah, yeah, I cracked him, hit him, he fell in the bushes. Then next thing I know, a couple more started running. I'm like, all right, here we go again. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because the dudes that be out here dressed like that, they went to Plainfield. Someone went to Central. You ain't got a farm bone in your body. What you got on cowboy boots right. and flannels? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Tomorrow you're going to have on a fitted hat, some Air Force Ones, some baggy jeans, and a T-shirt. No, Playing Lil Wayne. You know what I'm saying? Like... But, okay, just like we grew up with a, a lot of dudes that was out there wearing the fitted hats, braids, and all that other stuff, when they went to a different school, notice they found who they, the quote, c- The seashell necklaces. The collar flapped up, you know what I'm saying? The braided bracelet. You know well, I mean? they, they they found their whiteness, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then they were like, oh, yeah, I never listened to Lil Wayne. And I don't even know who that is. But then all of a sudden, you go ahead and do the throwback Thursdays. Here they is. Doing the Harlem shake in front of everybody. <laughs> Acting like that never happened. Hey, man, stop tagging me in that stuff. That's not who I am anymore. <laughs> everybody want to forget their past if it's not in favor of their future or their present. Ooh, that's, that's yeah, a nice That story. was tough yeah, that right was, there. Yeah, that's uh, nice. if, if the past don't coincide with their, fu- with their present or their future, they don't want to keep it dug down. Keep it under the wraps. So flip that under the rug. I don't want nobody to see that. So why do you think they do that, man? Why do they come and take our culture and just... To save face. When you from here and you got to fit in. So this is, this is the thing about a lot of people, man. Especially white people. When you grow up a certain way and then you start taking an interest in certain things, they kind of shun you for it. Mm. Most of the white people that I know that hang around black people is because black people are more accepting of them than white people. Mm. Whether it be a female or a dude. And it could be the most quirky shit ever. Yeah. When I was in school, the gothic dudes. Like, I was friends with a couple of them because the white people didn't like them. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Because you knew they was going to be the shooters. (laughs) 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 No, but it's like people, people, I I look at it like this. People take your appearance 
and and make that who you are, and that ain't that ain't always Facts. true. Yeah, that's funny. You know what I'm saying? And the, the, speaking of that, going back to working at Anthony's, like I was telling him, they Greeks, so they they really ain't racist against one person. They racist against everybody. If you ain't Greek, they give a fuck about you. But I was telling them one night because I used to tell them, man, I used to have issues getting in this place. Oh, but you don't dress like a gangbanger. I'm just just like him. You mm-hmm. just know me now. Right. That's right. the difference. Oh, you're a good guy. Yeah, you know that now because I've been working here. But if you didn't know me, I used to get stopped walking up to the door. Before I even got within arm reach of somebody, hey, we, we full. We had capacity. I'm six foot, 200 some pounds. I got a beard and I got a head on. Mm. So what was their response to that? You telling them what that? What can they say? They know it was true. They can't say a damn thing because he, like, it's, like you said, deep down in, in, in the bottom of his heart, he know it's true. And I'm looking at him, and I ain't smiling, I ain't joking or laughing when I'm telling him. I'm with a stern face. I used to beat him. See, last week we was talking about Cole switching with Earl. And I was like, man, why do we always have to be the ones that has to code switch? And other people are like, hey, man, you can take me as I am. You know what I mean? When you go to a Greek spot or Greeks, period, they don't code switch with anybody. Well, you don't have to. Because you ain't got to go in that motherfucker. Right, but I'm just saying, like, why is it that we feel like we have to code switch and it's so hard for other people just to accept us as we are? You know what I mean? If we, we are good brothers around here, you know what I'm saying? I don't call everybody my brother. But I know that y'all have the uh, qualities and, and type of potential that I have. You know what I mean? And I know y'all have a mindset that you are more than what is shown on TV. So why is it that... I have to go ahead and look at my brother get stomped out because he's black. You know what I mean? But then to the world, he, he's just some thug. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't get that whole correlation. He has to dress this way, do this. And I'll never forget this. Dick Gregory said, man, no matter how we dress, no matter how we talk, it was a lot of black dudes that were swinging from a tree with ties on and dress shoes. You know what I mean? We We have to do so much more. And I feel like around our age at 30, we have this like identity crisis where we're trying to go ahead and fight, you know, dealing with people in the world, dealing with ourselves on the inside. And we just don't really have that, that, that room to express ourselves. You know what I mean? To be like, man, I'm, I'm really not like that at work. Like, that's not really me. I really be wanting to put hands on you, G. I just don't say nothing. So do you think that as a black man, you have to have either on a work uniform or a a business suit to get respect from a different culture? It feels like we do. You know what I mean? And then with black people, if you're not dressed with fitted hats and all that, we're not respected in certain areas. You, either you're not too black or you... Or you're not black enough. You're not black enough or you, you're not. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. it's like we, 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 we cold switch with everybody. But then all of a sudden, the dudes that never cold switch, that's stuck in the same neighborhood, they see us out there on our job like, you work? Like... Yeah, I work, man. Is that foreign to y'all? Yeah. He like, God damn. Man, Mr. Company Man walking his ass up in here. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, man. Maybe it's just me. It ain't just you, but I think uh, it's one of those things where it's, does it really matter that much? It does. But why? Because, all right, I, for me, it matters. Because I always felt like either I was not aggressive enough I didn't speak up at certain times because like when you be at work, you know, your boss just said something slick. Right. And you know, you should check him at this moment. But you like, is it worth it? Yeah. But it, it, it sits in the back of your mind like, man, how many is it worth it? Do I have to take? I feel like 
once you become a man, it's always worth it. Because that's your integrity. That ain't, yeah, it's a job and you need that job. But at the end of the day, you speak enough for yourself. If you speak enough for yourself, get you fired, then you don't belong there anyway. But where do we belong? Where you want to be. That's, but that's what I'm saying. Like, don't, don't let another man's idea of you and the way he talked to you change how you live your everyday life. I get that. I get, I get what you're saying. So just be yourself regardless of the circumstance. Because at the end of the day, if if he's going to test you, whoop his ass. <laughs> like you said, if you're not meant to be there, you're not meant to be there. I get no, it. I get I, I've been, I'm always living my life to the sense of I don't care how much a money, how much job a money, uh, how much hey, money a job pay you. Yeah. If I ain't happy, I'm not going to keep coming to this mug. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. So if, if a person is coming at you wrong, it's the same thing as you're not liking the job. So if you can't if you can't rectify the situation to him as a person as a man and be like look man what you know ask him what, what what's your issue with me and if he can't give you a straight answer then you know yeah but it's like that wherever we go nah, that ain't necessarily true you ever been to a job where you felt like they accepted you because you was black mm-hmm. where the post office it's because it's all of us over there that, that's besides the point it was plenty of white people there too well just like you said you got to prove yourself to black people and white people. And I was in the hood hood. And I got mugged a few times by niggas. But they knew better. Because I got on the postal uniform. I feel like at the company I'm in now, it's a great company and everything. But even my own people be like, how the fuck you get in over there? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. Because it's not expected. It's one of those things. But where- I, but they don't know what I've been through to get here. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. It's the people just jump to a conclusion instead of asking you, how did you, how did you, you know what I'm saying, lay in that position? They just... Automatically think how they want to think. I've been through some stuff, and I actually went to school for all this stuff to get this job. You know what I'm saying? I didn't. I didn't just get it out of nowhere. I think he's just pretty much saying prejudgment, right, right, right. In 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 every aspect of our life. I guess, man. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> I really am, man. Because, like I said, when I when I go to work. People don't know me, and I just come in, and now, if you look at me, I look like I'm mean as hell. But y'all know me. I can crack a joke in a, in a drop of a hat. So when I meet certain people, I don't I don't show them that side. You know what I mean? Because I'm going to figure you out before you do me. Because of, oh, man, he ain't that tough. He ain't this. And then they try me, and then I got to switch. They be like, nah, man, go back to Mr. Funny Guy. Nah, ain't shit funny, dog. So, I mean, I worked at a car dealership for three years. Uh, I forgot and, uh, about that, man. You was flipping my, cars. My general sales manager was a po- big Polish dude, straight out the streets. Though he was, you know what I'm saying, he was gangster. And then he be, got had a kid. And was like, I need a car. I need health insurance. Where can I go? Where I can get health insurance? And I had he to was bust from my the north side, huh? I'm go sell cars. He from, straight from Poland. Oh, he came over here and was, you know what I mean? But <laughs> the thing about it, he told me from day one, you are a big dude, and you are black. He was straight up with me. You got to smile. If you don't smile, people are not gonna talk to you. Cause that's just the perception. Is is that in is is that in different? How I want to say this. Is that in different careers, or is that just? Is he? Did he mean that just as a car sales? As a car sales. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. As a because car sales, because you have to be because car salesmen already have yeah. a bad stigma. Mm-hmm. People hate car dealerships. 
Because oh, that's, you see commercials now. They got the, the nigga locked in the closet. Are you ready to make a deal? Like, but but see the thing about it is, at one point that was the car business. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like going back to what he said, when people were like, "Oh, how do you get that job?" Because at one point we wasn't getting no yeah, jobs. Yeah, we wasn't getting no so, jobs. You know we wasn't saying? even getting looked at as some jobs. You know I saying? got. So I was a car salesman. It, come, it comes and goes. You know what I'm saying? But the, once you get a stigma, it take a hell of a lot for you to break that stigma. I would have customers sit in front of me and be like, "Yo." Y'all, all y'all do is try to steal y'all crooks. And like, what you here for? I'll ask him, why are you here? If you feel that way about us, why are you even here? So let me ask you this question, man. Um, do you feel like you represent your whole entire race every time you walk into a place? Do y'all feel like that? I ain't going to say the whole entire I, I do. race. Just look at me, bro. <laughs> Big beard, waves. I don't dress like a cornball, so... I dress like a cornball. I feel like I get I feel like I get judged all the time. Even like, in my even in my work truck, I be bumping. You know what I'm saying? I, that's just me. I listen to my music loud. Yeah. I feel like no matter again, man, it was a lot of dudes that was hanging from the tree that were wearing ties and shoes. It it don't matter what we wear, it just matter like their perception of us is all that matters. How they view you. At the end of the day, no matter you could be the most Carlton Banks, dancing to Tom Jones, all that. Some people, all they're going to see is nigga. They're not going to see nothing else. That's, that's like that, uh, that's yeah. And then you got some that's going, you going, like, I see, now nah, I see groups of friends, it'd be one black person and it'd be 15 white boys or white girls. It was, and, they, and they'd be peach, just peachy. There ain't no complaints or nothing. That might be all about where you, where you live at the time too and where you grow up at yeah. because... No, it was just a story that came over on the news. I think the dude was like 16 years old. They were young. And uh, the girl ended up going away with the boyfriend or whatever. She didn't run away. She was just with him. And the mom got mad and called the police and said, hey, my daughter's with her uh, this black dude, and he's known to carry guns, and blah, blah, blah. And... It wasn't true at all, but she wanted the police to kill him, which oh, happened. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I remember hearing that story she, recently. Yeah. yeah. What was yeah. this? This it was uh, a couple weeks ago. ago. Yeah. yeah. I can't think of the name. It happens. It's so many people, bro. It's so many stories. It just be hard to hear them all. But I heard this story, and I was kind of irritated because he's with a white girl. He... He's not no thug. He wasn't no thug. And Shame on the police, though, bro. Yeah. But, no. And the mama. Shame most yeah. on the mama. Bro. But, but no, most too. on the police, bro. Because they have to dissect that situation properly. You can't just go off of what Where somebody call you to? and say something, bro. Because that response is, I mean. D.L. Ugly said it the best. The worst place for black people to live is in a white person's imagination. Because you, ne- hey man, look, I could be everything, but in your mind, you'd be like, he could turn any day. You know what I mean? I feel like if we were to go ahead and say something that represented us, I think people look at us like we pit bulls. You know what I mean? We could be the friendliest of, of the bunch, but we can get down if we need to. But they feel like we always gonna turn. Why do you have that 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 mindset that we'll turn and we'll snap at you? Yeah, it's perception. Just like the dog pit bull. Everybody said it was vicious. And years ago, they was trying to get them banned. And this mm. and they that. did get them banned up from a lot of places. places. Yeah. But it's just a perception. That dog ain't no more meaner than any other dog. Chihuahua actually is recorded for having the most bites in the in U.S. every year of any dog. But people love them little motherfuckers. 
That's facts, though. That is true. Chihuahuas are one of the most aggressive dogs ever. And people buy them and they keep them and they have no bad reputation because they this big. You know, Pit bulls are big. They they scary looking. They intimidating. They I, I found out one time they tried to ban Doberman pinchers, and and German shepherds in the eighties because they were mean looking. So it just moves, bro. But and, German and they, shepherds are the police dog. Now, they always been known. Then why would you try to ban them for being dangerous? That's why it never happened because they police <laughs> dog. This is what I feel like, bro. With the Chihuahuas. I feel like the, the rise of bites happened with Chihuahuas ever since the Taylor Taco Bell dog got fired, G. Ever since then, <laughs> it's been a whole vicious cycle of bitings, man. But <laughs> I'm just saying, man. But other than that, man, Larry, moving on. What else you been doing, man? Really, man, that's it. Yeah. Just trying to get this coach there. Actually, you know what I'm saying? I was the freshman coach for basketball. How'd that season go? It went decent. I was the B team coach. Uh, William Chili was was the freshman A team coach. Yeah, we tried to get him to come down here. You know how he is, man. He flaked on us, man. And Chili, if you listen to this to this dude, I'm letting you know, G, you a flake, man. You flaked on your boy. I'm calling you out. No, but that's how Chili always been, man. He always, I don't know, man. If you, if he don't write you down in this little book, man, he forget about you. Yeah, that was okay, man. The, the 18 won all but, like, I think two games. One game we got cheated at playing field. Of course. It was real bad. Real bad. Um, other than that, though, the kids played good, man. Everything was so messed up because COVID. So everything was kind of bunched up. We had basketball, and then football started because football was postponed. Football started two weeks into the end of the basketball season, and everything just kind of got jumbled up. But, so uh, this 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 the first, first year y'all got to play in some good weather. And when we started off, it wasn't good. Started off the end of February, beginning of March, it was still cold outside, raining and snowing. Mm. Yeah, towards the end, it was it was straight. But I mean, playing them Saturday mornings, you remember them Saturday morning games? It still be cold at nine o'clock in the morning. It do, man. That frost. <laughs> so, but yeah, the, the football we went undefeated. Uh, we Congratulations! Conference six and zero. We only got to play six games because uh, it was shortened. But we went five and zero. We didn't. We gave up twelve points all season mm. on defense. Offense scored forty points five times. 12 points in six games? That was against HF. Sheesh. Which HF freshman came out there and they was our size. Like us. Yeah, but they, they feed freshmen. them They feed Bro, them a lot of chicken and steroids. I'm looking at these chicken being on point out there. <laughs> there so, you know. But yeah, we gave, we gave them 12 points. We actually scored, I think, four or five touchdowns, but they called some of them back for holding. Yeah, yeah. They you know, did us so, like that, man, yeah. through the whole game for us. So, but yeah, we... We, we went undefeated, man. We, we like I said, we gave them twelve points over. Y'all six beat games. them? Yeah, we beat them twelve. Man, I wish 12. I was there, man. Yeah, that was a good game. Um, so I mean, we doing all right. I actually just got promoted, so next year I'll be coaching the sophomores. The old line yeah. So, paid was it? I was a volunteer now, so now I, I'm a, I'm a paid coach. So I got to check you know, him out, I'm, I'm man. So dude. Try, hey, man, I'm trying to do what I can, bro. Hey, let me get a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta wear ties. Like no, I'm not wearing no ties. The varsity coach used to be out there with. With the swishy pants, with the hiking, you know, the hiking shoe boots that they be wearing all the time, the brown ones. But yeah. you went there now, though. You the yeah. sophomore coach, yeah, so I'm trying to, it's only I'm trying up to from get here. Way in there, man, because like, like I was telling him, I was telling him on the phone, just over the years of, I live, I've been here my whole life, born and raised in Joliet. I ain't never left. I went to Aurora for like a year, and I came back. Sorry to hear that. Just, <laughs> 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 but just seeing. 
the dynamic, bro, from all the sports, right? Because for so long, everybody only put the emphasis on basketball. Oh, that's the only sport. That's the only sport. It's only 15 kids on the basketball team at a time. And if when we was in school, it was one one team per school. So it was, but that was where all the money was at. Nobody it was cared about one team about for two schools. That's what I mean. One team for two schools, and that's where all the money was. Nobody cared about none of the other sports. You know what I'm saying? So football coaches kind of came and left, came and left. Yeah. And you had it to where, like, the teachers, it's in their contract where they have to coach a sport for at least four or five years. Until they, until they reach tenure, then they don't have to coach no more. So you get a lot of just coaches that just do it because they have to, and then they out of there. You get a few that want to, so they stick around and they do it, but they're no good. Because they don't know. Either they didn't play or they played and they thought they was better than what they was, or they come what they do. The one thing that they come from other schools. But they come from other schools, but don't know the kids are like the other kids that we got at our school. So it's harder to relate to the kids. We was just saying that. They ain't even hard to relate. They don't try. Mm. They want the kids to conform to them versus them trying to conform to the kids. Yeah. People don't realize. Ski. Ski coached basketball center for how many years? The reason why Ski was so Track successful two. is because Ski will pull up to the most dirtiest scoundrel nigga house. <laughs> knock on the door and say, where you at? You supposed to be at basketball practice. Get your ass in the car. Let's go. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Ski could get people that nobody else would deal with to come play basketball for 48 minutes and then go home and do whatever they were doing in the streets. Yeah. But when you're in the gym, you're going to play basketball. Hey, Ski was like that, man. Nobody else is willing to do that, though. And that's the issue. Like these, like now, these kids, they they don't have enough kids. Because y'all ain't in the hallway saying, hey, you big as hell. You want to play football? They just rather not do it. They feel like if the kid not putting the effort for it, I'm not going to put enough for it. You can't do that. We don't got the kids like that. That's going to just jump out there and say they want to play. Especially football because that's not a popular sport. Yeah. The only ones that's coming is the kids that play peewee. I didn't play peewee football. So when I came was the first day of school, someone said, hey, come on, come play. They don't get that no more, though. You know what I'm saying? So if you don't got – and then the, the peewee situation is a whole other story for me. Why you say that? Well, cause I it, think they got too many teams. It's too now. many. Yeah. It's because everybody want to be the man to say, look what I did. Instead of saying the kids are more important, let's put together a dominant team and make a name for ourselves. But then you leave out a lot of the other kids. Don't though, because you can literally have the way a the way the the Pop Warner is. It's like seven u, eight u, nine u, ten u, eleven u, twelve u, all the way up to like fourteen if you're getting the right Pop Warner. Mm. So and, trust me, the right kids will play. The ones that you're going to miss out on is the kids, they pay to drop them off for three hours and say, see y'all in a minute and be gone. Mm. A lot of these youth teams are babysitting clubs. Yeah. The parents come drop them off and they're gone. You get some that are sitting and stay and they actually care, but for the most part, that's just something to get, get them to do. Oh, they want to play because they cousin they're playing or they friend playing. Okay, go ahead. See y'all later. Yeah, I never, I never played football, but I, I just always seen. I'm like, it's too many – it's it's just too many youth tackle organizations out here now. Well, we used to have the Raiders, and I couldn't even I couldn't even tell you the Raiders was the main one. Was I couldn't even tell you the other one. The Titans, Titans came, came about like ten yeah. years later, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. That was Mike White pops when he started it. Yeah. Who? Mike White. Oh yeah. There was the only two, so it was only one when I was growing up, and then the Titans came after that. But I think something happened with the Raiders, if I'm not mistaken. Like the coaching broke off. Yeah, they just way. kind of some, fell apart. Yeah, they fell apart. The and that's when all got old, yeah. All the other teams started to but form. But two like compared to, that. I mean, like four or five yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if we go to New Lenox, right? They got, I think it's called the Celtics. They got two teams, but it's like Celtics green and Celtics white. Oh, right? okay. 
So it's basically like Lingaway East kids and Lingaway Central kids, and then the Providence obviously obviously in there. Yeah. They play on Providence Field. They run the same plays Providence runs. So from five years old to they go to high school, they run in the same plays. And all through high school, they run in the same plays. Yeah, that's the difference between a lot of those areas and us. So they Joliet just, Joliet also has something like that. I think with the Joliet Steelers or something like that. Yeah, they, they got try JCA. To, they got JCA. So JCA uh, snatches up a lot of those kids. So they never really go to the public schools. And that's like you saying, him, yeah. That's why. Would you why ever would send you? your kids to public schools before he started talking about it? Would you, you ever mean send? would I send them to private or private school, private or public? What would y'all do? I mean, I mean, well, the, the private school like JCA it offers more because they do have the championship status and all that. So if you're going for like football, your kid is good at football. They can offer you like a good, a road to to wherever you're trying to go far as with college. If you get what I'm saying. Because they have that stature already, and especially they got like 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 for instance, I used to be a running back. So if I, my my son coming, I'm teaching him how to be a running back. So if JCA came up to me and was like, "Yeah, we think your your kid should come to our school," I'm gonna go, I'm gonna have him go there because they known to run the ball and they known to produce good running back. So why wouldn't I give my kid that opportunity to go play at a good program because they do have a good program? What about you? I think it's more beneficial uh, academic and sports-wise to me to send them to private school because it's not that many kids in the school. And when you're in class, they're giving you more one-on-one attention opposed to if you're going to public school yeah, academic-wise yeah. to me. See, I'm the anti-private school. I, I That's why I want to start but, you off like it, But this is my reason why, right? So you say your son play running, or you, if he play running back, you're going to teach him how to play running back, right? Yeah, yeah. What if he go to JCA and they say you got to play corner? And you can only play corner for four years. Even though he's been playing running back his whole life, they say, no, nah, you're going to play corner. Well, if they can get him to, to 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 produce as a good corner and he's good, then by all means. But what if, what if like you said, they all, always run? I mean, most Catholic League teams, they run the ball. Yeah. So a corner is a corner. He's just going to be out there. He might get some good plays. He might not. Yeah. I'm and this right. is why I say the program don't really matter as much, right? So look at Bolingbrook a couple years ago. They had the Morrison boy went to Florida. Right. Right. That kid had a hundred. He averaged one hundred twenty-five tackles from his freshman year to his senior year playing varsity. Florida came up here to get him. He ended up getting drafted by the Colts. The school don't necessarily mean as much as just the player in the production, right? Yeah. When we was in school, we played against Jake Christensen at Lockport. Mm-hmm. Jake went to Iowa. Jake was cold. Went to Iowa and didn't play a snap. Yeah, you know, he did. He did. <laughs> he played a couple snaps it later on. It didn't count for nothing though. Yeah, no, I think he got he got weeded out by somebody coming in. You know what yeah, yeah, he did. He, so, he ended up playing one. I think it was one season where he was like a highlight. Where oh, Jay Christian, he, he got a couple snaps. Well, yeah. so basically, my thing about private school is, I, I the academic thing, I kind of get that, but at the same time, I feel like that also is kind of is capable of being academically smart in private in public school too, because me and Jerron graduated with. A Harvard graduate, a Yale graduate, or Northwestern Medical School graduate, a bunch of people that went to U of I. So it ain't. I don't think academics is as big of a thing for private school no more. I mean, the drugs in them motherfuckers though. They definitely got <laughs> yeah. got popped off with the drugs, yeah. Yeah. cocaine yeah. and um, heroin, and then trust me, that's, ever, that's <laughs> everywhere. everywhere. Yes. No, but yeah. it was yeah. a big thing with drugs. Them. They, yeah, bro, I went to Central. Come on, man. <laughs> no, nah, bro, this is like somebody was out there pitching for uh, Pablo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They found big dope in that one. Yeah, that but was in the paper. It was I a- just, I don't know. I feel like for pri- private schools ain't meant for all of us. I didn't go to a private I went to a private school one year, and I was in elementary school. That was like third grade. Yeah. 
it was cool. It was cool for what it was, but I'm I'm more of a public school guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Go to school, wear what I want to wear. I had to wear no uniform. So this goes back to the code switching. In public school, you learn that. In private school, you don't learn that. You learn this is what it is. You are no, you absolutely learn that. I heard plenty of people that went to JCA that said they was racist as a bitch in there. But if you a star athlete, what can they do to you? But you don't see the other side. You don't meet your people. That's what I'm saying. Like with public school, I see a lot of black kids. I see a lot of white kids. The thing is, I don't have experience in a private school. I only went one year and I was in third grade. I don't really remember anything. But I'm saying in private school, you miss out on the the opportunity to learn to code switch with your people. Being diverse and all that. You're not diverse in any of that. I get what you're saying. Well, no, JCA ain't like it used to be. JCA is probably as close to West as far as diversity goes as any other school. Yeah. They ain't primarily white. They got Hispanic people. They got black people that go there. It's actually more blacks now because of sports, the athletic. Yeah, yeah. Of course, they really, they really so now. They really, and a lot of people want to send their kids there, so they really, they getting them in there. But my thing is, you go in there, like a perfect example, I tell him, Jeremy Fears, my, our freshman year, Jeremy Fears was at JCA as a sophomore. He transferred to JT. He was on the B team at JCA on their football team. Ski went and got him to play basketball. We want to play football. He was on the B team as a freshman. His sophomore year, he came to JT, and I think it was either that year or the year after, he ended up being ranked in the, in the state, a number four receiver in the state with a horrible quarterback that we had. But he was that good. But imagine you got a kid like that on the B team of your football team. Mm. And then he come to a private school. He come to a public school two years later, and he ranked in the state. It might be because he didn't. They didn't want him to play football. They want, they probably want him to play basketball. They, they, they put shackles on you though when you yeah. go. Yeah, that's school. what I'm saying. If so, if like say if you go, so if you go to school, you say you want to play running back, and you got two running backs in front of you. That's that's gonna play no matter what. You can't say, hey, coach, can I try wide receiver? They are gonna say, no, you're running back. Stay at running back. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They don't give you the option. I had a white, I had a white buddy. His his son was the Providence. He wanted to play quarterback, but they had a quarterback already there that they liked more because he came up in their farm system. His son was better. But it was just, we like this kid. They wanted to put him at linebacker. They told him, they said, if you bring him here, they like the son too, but they like the other kid better. They said, if you bring him here, we'll give him a shot. It'll be an open competition. But when they got there, they noticed the other kid was getting more reps. Mind you, it's two white dudes. His other kid was getting more reps. He's like, yo, why, yo, why y'all keep putting my son at linebacker and not giving him no rest? Well, we just think it's a better fit. Okay, no problem. He took him out. Took his son to Tennessee. His son took a team as a, as a sophomore. He took a team that never made the playoffs ever. To the second round of the playoffs, as a sophomore playing varsity, damn. So it's like it's just one of those things where, and I, this ain't for everybody. It don't happen to everybody, but you got to be that dude to go to one of these private schools and make them respect you as a player and, and basically kind of sure. give you yeah. what you want. Like the Ty Isis kid, and he ended up going to USC. I think he ended up transferring to Michigan. Was all said and done. Kid was six two, like two forty, but he was running four 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 five in high school. I mean, he ran for like 200, 300 yards a game. Dang. So, yeah, you're going to give him whatever the fuck he wants. I remember want. in the championship game, he had five he touchdowns. For, yeah, he ran for like 500 yards yeah, in state. Five touchdowns, 500 yards, something like that. Like, he balled out. But you have to be that. You know what I'm saying? Otherwise, you go in there just to kind of fill the roster, just like everybody else. All right, well, come on, Logan. We got some practice in <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like, think about like this. Think about college. Think of how many, how many top First round picks yeah. from the draft end up being backups or they don't make it. You know what I'm saying? Because it gets harder as you get in college. As you yeah. get older, yeah, it does as you get, get harder. Up in the race, it gets harder. But it's just like you get all these guys that go to the league and they become 
regular players, but they was a superstar in high school and college. Yeah. It's the same thing in high school. These kids would be Pop Warner All-Star. They get to high school, they just another name on the paper. Because only the cream gonna rise to the top. So yeah, they want you to come here, but they want you to come here to fill a role. So some and some people don't quite understand that. Yeah. It's some kids that's playing their private school right now that can be stars in public school. But they're going to private school because of the name, because of the history of the program. Which is cool. It's fine and dandy. But then don't expect it to yield results if your kid ain't performing. Mm. Because can't nobody control a, a coach can control your kid more than you know. That's true. That, that is true. As far as how they look on the field, the type of stuff. Remember I, what was it? A couple of months ago, maybe a year ago, where the guy was on TV talking about his co his son coach had was keeping all his college letters. Yeah. He put him in the bucket and put him in the corner of the office and didn't give him to his son. His son had no idea he was getting recruited by all these schools. Mm. I'm talking about a, a mail tote full of letters just sitting in the corner of his office. True story. Yep. But what happened? Well, it's too late now. Yeah. It was It was over with. He, he never, never. Wow. What can Damn, you do man. about it? Luckily, the dad actually came to the school and checked it out and seen what was going on. I mean, it was, I don't think it was over. I think they were still in the recruitment process trying to figure out what schools he can go to. But he had a whole stack of letters, bro. You know how big the mail toast is? Full of letters. And you ain't told him about none of them? That makes well, what was the reasoning behind this? Still, I, don't, I don't think they gave think a reason nobody to Nobody ever that. talked yeah, to the coach. The coach never came out and it. said why. It yeah. was just the dad complaining and was trying to get the coach and fired they and under, some, under some scrutiny. Cause he's like, my son got all these letters in his office, and he ain't told nobody. He's not telling my son. He ain't told us. He, was he white? It was a white coach, but it was a black kid. That that. Man, the only way he found out was one of the schools. I think ended up trying to contact him, and he found out that he had letters. That's sad, bro. That is sad, man. Because but do you, you think that that's not happening everywhere? He just got caught. Yeah, but luckily today it's kind of different though. Like you can actually get promoted, do a lot of promotion yourself as a kid. Yeah, you can. And you but if they responded to. to the school, how do you know that they responded back? But you you can get them, you can get them to respond to you. You get to like talk with to these huddles and, and stuff. Like with, yeah. with the see, if we don't start sending letters school, to the house now, the game. yeah. They, well, like they that, always yeah, did. They yeah. send them to both. But I think it's only certain times when they can't. In a certain period of time, they have to send them to the school first. And then they can start sending them to the house. Because sometimes they'll come to the game and actually scout your kid. Yeah. And I think they let the school know that they'll be mm-hmm. on the pre- premises, you know. Some of them, yeah. yeah. Depending on how big the school is. So, yeah. I think. But I don't know. I mean, it probably did make him better because he ne- probably never even felt the pressure of having to perform in front of somebody. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I ain't telling you that, you know what I'm saying, Notre Dame, Notre Dame was up there. I ain't telling you Tennessee is up there. Oh, yeah, y'all can come. I ain't telling him nothing. Well, a lot of times I don't think the coaches tell you. I think you just can see him. You know, yeah, you, know, up there, you can see not. that his scouts But up if there, he they, don't know that put, you. They give him a certain section. Like, they don't just come blend in with the crowd. They sit by themselves. Yeah, but if he don't know that you, he coming there to see you. There yeah. for you. Well, no, because some kids will rise to that, though. Yeah. You can't just say every kid is going to play under pressure and fold. Some kids going to be like, oh, then they up there. I got to ball out. And maybe the next kid know, hey, yeah. man, I'm. He up there? Oh, man, I, I got to make a name for myself. Yeah. I don't got no tape, so I want to show them why they see it while I'm here. Because usually like they, they do come for a, for a certain kid. And they, they, might notice, they might notice another kid like, oh, who is that? And it happens all the time. You know what? You're right. Them letters could have boosted his swag, too, though. That would have yeah. made him be like, man, he's always looking at me. You know what I'm saying? Like, he can know now 
instead of second guessing himself and thinking, man, I might not be good enough. He like, shit, I'm plenty good. I just got to keep doing what I'm doing and, and even more. If I was to go back and redo stuff, knowing what y'all saying right now, I've been on every goddamn special team there was, B, just so I could be out there and my name get called. That's all it is. Yeah. But since now, in in most sports, especially basketball, your, your school team don't even matter. It's just summer league shit that matters. Yeah, AAU, that's yeah, the, that's yeah. where you get seen that now, and that's it's been like. But see, that's the thing. It's been like that for soccer, baseball, for girls softball. It's been like that for them for forever. Mm-hmm. Basketball has been like that because LeBron James uh, they get noticed. Wasn't nah. that when AAU we was in school? AU was kind of like that, but it wasn't like it is now. Now it's these kids cool, go from yeah. to California, Texas, they everywhere, and that's where they getting seen. at. people, the scouts ain't coming. The local scouts coming to your high school. The when I was with scouts, the Cougars, it was like that. Bro, y'all, you it's ain't totally, seen North totally Carolina, Duke, yes, yeah. Auburn. Yes. They wasn't at these AAU tournaments. Yes, bro. We would actually be playing in the colleges. Remember when we went up there and played at uh, bro, Illinois? We played at U of I. Bro, we played at big colleges, and they was all sitting there. You have all these people standing it wasn't, out. It there. wasn't like that, though, bro. It's totally, it was, it's totally different it's now, bro. It's way different now. Yeah, but it's totally it, different. But I'm just saying, we AAU played has some, always been a big part of. We played in some good tournaments back then. But going to different states like that, we went to the surrounding states, but there have always been schools where you can go ahead and go down to Florida. Like, if you look at uh, LeBron James' documentary, he was going down to Florida, going from, uh, and then that's what got them ranked before they even hit high yeah, school. everybody wasn't doing that, though. That's what I'm saying. That was, that, and, and yes, at that point in time, it was, it's, it's three times what that was. These yeah. kids, most of them don't even care about playing basketball in high school. Because AAU is, is where it's at. Most of these kids, they as freshmen, they play on their varsity team. They call them eighth graders. Or oh, as an eighth grader, he played on the varsity team because they got those schools that go from, from kindergarten all the way through the high school. Right. So that's okay. They want to see that. They don't care how you play against the kids that's where you're from. They want to see you dominate on the national stage. That's why Fears Little Boy is, is getting the recognition he's getting because he's playing all in California, Florida, he everywhere. He had an academy. He ain't at a regular high school. Yeah, but Fears was always in that atmosphere, too. And I feel like, uh, remember when we had High School Elite? Remember that uh, website? Mm-hmm. I, it used to rank all of us in uh, the high school of Illinois. But you can also have that program where they would show every Friday, Sean Docker, mm-hmm. uh, Will the Thrill, and all them was on there. What's that? Was it Chicago Hoops it was called? What was that? It was, it was Chicago Hoops. Something like that, yeah. Remember Steve? I remember Steve was on there. Yeah. Jenkins? Yep. Yeah. But, I mean, now everything, shoot, I can go ahead and record my own son and make him a highlight test. Well, that's what I'm saying, saying huddle. Yeah. If you we got a huddle with the school, they record everything and just upload straight to huddle. So the kids can go in there and make they that's take good. That's, that's good. That, that's what I'm saying. That if we imagine if we would have had shit this. like that when we was in school and you yeah. were able to show and you could send that tape off, you know what I'm saying, to a, a lot of stuff. Like, hey, we didn't have back then. We didn't have field houses where you can go in and play all night. Yeah. Work on your game. We didn't have these. Uh, the trainers uh, is even different now. Go to the batting yeah. cage, and you know we didn't have none of that stuff. Yeah, we was down there at Hunter Trails, working <laughs> on the swing. Yeah, it wasn't as accessible. Like they even got little hand guards now that can help you shoot. Yeah, we didn't, like, no, we didn't technology is definitely yeah, taking yeah, over nowadays. Yeah, different. it's different. Hey, you know, speaking of that, man, do y'all ever see some of these white dudes be jumping out the gym now? But that's all they do. Most of them. The, the professional dunkers, they just jump. No, they not even professional. They got high these high schools. Yeah, I mean, 
Jumping is jumping, man. That ain't no. <laughs> no, bro. I'm you thinking a white man no, can't jump. I get what you're saying, like, I mean, you saying no, but it's different, bro. This day and age, you got it. But that's the thing, though. The they game look has like so Carter. athletic. You have to be an athlete now to play, unless you Jokic and you can just. It's gotten to the point where you have to work on your game. It ain't yeah. just no natural yeah. talent no more. You, yeah. you, you pretty much have to be in the gym twenty four seven to make it now. Making it. You can't just be the kid that go play and then go to the crib and, and watch basketball. Eat your peanut butter and jelly sandwich or something you could. No, you got to leave practice and go train with your trainer. Work on hand-eye coordination drills and dribbling and lift weights. You kids lifting weights at 13, 14 years old. It's a girl that we all know. She got her daughters and stuff like that. I be watching her videos. And she's actually good. And I think she's good because of the extra work. But I also think a lot of it might be from natural ability. Yeah. But just think if we had that back then. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you're right. We, we wasn't just no average Joe kids. We was really... Yeah, you're There's right. There's a lot of people that had it. They just didn't have one with the mindset. They didn't have nobody behind them like, hey, you need to be doing this. You know what I'm saying? Again, it's like he said, after practice, we going back home. We not yeah. we not doing nothing else. We going to the crib. Yeah, but our practice ran late. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was it. It wasn't no, wasn't no extra nothing. If it was extra, it was like, oh, y'all want to go get together and go throw the football or something. Y'all want to go to the park and hoop or go to the, to the Boys and Girls Club or some shit. And just do that. But it wasn't no actual training like these kids do. These kids go train for three hours before practice and then go for another three hours after sometimes. Like, that's what they do, bro. That's, that's it. And they playing ball year-round. Yeah. Bro, how are you finding the money to pay for a special trainer? If you want your kids to succeed, they do it. But Okay, so when do you start taking this serious? Like, when you start looking at your son like, yo. Now you have to do that shit in, the, in elementary school. That's what I'm Because saying. they ranking kids all the way down to fifth grade now. <laughs> Bruh. They for real. They scouting they eighth graders. They like hey, in, in four years, this kid gonna be on somebody's basketball team. Class of he'd be like yeah, class, class of two thousand twenty seven or yeah. twenty six or something like. But that. But they get yeah. their rankings off of the summer league. It don't, it don't be the school It'd stuff. It be the AAU like with the traveling teams. teams. Yeah. They get ranked off that. Shit. I'm going about parenting the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do. I used to at the post office. His son. They live in Bolingbroke. His son is ranked in the top of his class in the state of Illinois. And he, I think he just turned 10 or 11. Okay, do you feel like that's damaging? Because I remember HBO had this special where this uh, quarterback was talking about all the hours that he would put in to become uh, an elite quarterback. But that all that time that he did it, he missed out on his childhood like Michael Jackson did. And when it was all said and done, he had no identity of himself. All he knew was football. Because a lot of these football players make it to the NFL, play their little career or whatever, and then when they retire, they have no idea of who they are when they leave it. So do you feel like as as fathers that you're damaging your kid by putting them through all that? Not if they want to do it. It's a difference. If they want to do it, then you know what you sign yourself up. But if I'm pushing you to do something, then of course it's on me. What's the difference? Because I'm pushing, they don't. When you want to do it, when you have a drive to do something, you never, you never see it as anything else. But what kid is really hollering, "Hey, man, I need a special trainer"? It's a lot of kids nowadays. All the kids, yeah, are, because they are, see, are, they see different. it online. They see the videos. Oh, I need to do that, or they yeah, at least mimicking it in the now. garage or something. So my thing with you say he worked tirelessly on just playing quarterback. Uh, nowadays, so many of these other kids play more than one sport. They don't have time to focus on just one. So they, they work on it, and they drill it in season. But when the next season comes, they're playing baseball now. Or they're playing basketball now. So nope. I get what you're saying as far as the whole burnout of, of whatever, whatever. But it sounded like to me he made himself fanatical about it in only one aspect. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But, all right, like Mike Tyson, right? Mm-hmm. All he knew was boxing. 
Right? But boxing saved his life, too. Boxing saved his life, but once he hit that peak, he kind of was like, man, I'm tired, of, I'm tired of going to the gym. It's the same thing. What is my life outside of this? Okay, so uh, this, is, this is how I look at it. So look at Stefan and his brother Seth, right? Mm. That's when you just kind of push your kids in a direction, right? But then you go to the effect if you get like... Alonzo Ball and them, Melo. Well, no, because they actually enjoy playing ball. I say I think Leandro might have been the only one that didn't because the way took he, it as a kind of yeah, like the a, way he played out wasn't wasn't all the way straight. But you take you take the the Curry brothers, and you're like, okay, yeah, you know what I'm saying? They just kind of went into it and it was whatever. But then you take I, I, I had a name in my head, I can't think about it now. But it's a difference in you just kind of putting your kids through and showing yeah. them. Versus you literally just saying, this is what you're going to do every day. I don't give a damn. That's, and that's exactly what I'm saying. That sounds like Lonzo Ball them, Dad. You're going to do this. You're going to make it. My opposed, boys was brave. Opposed to, opposed to um, Dale Curry. Yeah. He was just like, bring. he was yeah. just being a father, yeah. bringing his kids with him every day to work. And they, you know what I'm saying, took a liking to basketball and they wanted to play. But the the Ball Dad, he, for, he pretty much forced them. He forced their hand. But I think the the youngest one, he he pretty much, after seeing the older brothers do it, I think he really, like, wanted to do I it. I have yeah. to now, yeah. Yeah, I, like, want, he I, wanted, I, he I don't kinda, want to be the one to not make it after they did. And he and I think he has, I think he's having fun with it, and he's actually. He probably going to be the best one. Yeah. When it's all said well, that's because he had two older brothers he had to compete with, and that training that he had to go to just to be as good as them or better, by the time he was playing with kids his age, he was. Three well, times I mean, playing with kids, I think but you, I'm just saying. But if you look at them at the same age, he better than them now than they was at that age because he went overseas and played the professional. Just remember how they were talking about him, though. Like, ah, uh, he that kid gonna be a bust. Yeah, because he, he was short. You know what I'm saying? He was just pulling up from anywhere and all that. But good ball. He's six eight now. He can dribble better. Oh, he got a nice handle. He can shoot. He can pass his ass off. Yeah, because I, I was skeptical about. Like, I don't know, but. He actually leading the team too. The Hornets actually yeah, is like they, right now. If they go to if it's if it's playoff it's 10 time, games, ten games out. I think it is. If they go to the playoffs right now, the Hornets the Hornets are actually in there this year. Yeah, but I think yeah. he might also be getting a little bit of extra coaching and stuff from Mike because Mike own that organization. Man, Mike coach all of them though. Yeah, Mike. That's Mike. what I'm saying. Yeah, he do all of them. He be a, you know he be at practice with all of them. Like you get your shit together. You know what I'm saying? It's Mike. Mike ain't gonna not do it. He probably know, don't lace him up, but he. He just slapped Malik Monk up against the upside <laughs> he did, head a couple did. years ago. On the sideline. <laughs> he did. He did. That's funny. Like, Mike, Mike gonna be Mike until he died, bro. That's just what it is. Uh, that's funny. That's just what it is. Mike gonna be Mike. Yeah. I don't know, man. I ain't gonna let no Mike hit me in the back of the head. Just... <laughs> what you mean? He's how you pay check. Like you said, man. Code switching, yeah. though, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you said, man. Oh, Mike slapped you in the but back see, of the hey, head. But you gotta look about all of us that played sports, right? Right. Which coach did you remember the most? The one that was nice here or the one that treated you like he was his son? The one that treated you like he was his son? You know what I'm saying? The one that got in your ass when you needed it. Yeah. That's the one you remember. That's the ones you respect, and that's the one you liked the most. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You didn't like the coach that was nice or or he yelled just because he wanted to yell. You liked the coach that yelled at you when there was a reason for him to yell at you. Because even at 14 through 18, we knew when we was doing some stupid yeah. shit. I remember I wanted to fight him and Phillip. I mean, I wanted to beat both of them little niggas up in the yeah. gym. We was in, we got in trouble, bro. We in the gym doing push-ups with Coach Nick and them yelling at us, and they mocking Coach Nick and shit, getting us extra work. Hey, don't play with Coach Nick, <laughs> man. Coach. But listen, dog, I'm gonna tell y'all a story. And this is this is Coach Nick's and them. 
Coach Nick's Mel, Sago, all of, you know, mm. all those coaches. The black fathers of the football they, team. They, I love them as coaches, and I would never forget me coming into football. I used to have a mouth on me. Like, I, did, I didn't take nothing from anybody. I didn't care who you was. That's just how I was, and... One day we had a, we had camp and everything, and I got introduced to Coach uh, uh not Mel Coach Mail. I got introduced to Coach Mail, but it was like in the worst way. So we I'm doing something, and he say something to me, and I'm like, man, who the hell are you talking to? And he must have said out loud, man, son, I'll rip you a new asshole <laughs> in front of everybody. So now all the attention is focused on me and him. So everybody like Josh don't say so the peewee people already knew yeah. him, the kids that play. Pee- I didn't play peewee football, but I was good. Yeah. And I came in high school just playing. So all the peewee kids like, don't do it. Leave it. Josh, stop talking. So I'm like, no, who that? But at the end of the day, when he told me that he pulled me to the side. And he talked to me. And he talked to me like I was a, a young man at the time. And he told me, he, I never played safety before. You know, I wasn't out there playing safety. I was out there playing a middle linebacker. He was like, you look fast enough. I'm going to put you at the safety position. He was like, just don't let nobody get behind me. But he knew I had talent. So he was, in the midst of it, he telling me, talking to me as a young man, but then he telling me how to play the game as well. And I will never forget him for that. Yeah, yeah RIP to Coach Mayo. Yeah, RIP, man. Yeah, it's a lot of good memories that we had coming up together, playing football and basketball. Like, me and Juwan knew about basketball. Me and my brother, man, we played basketball together, but me and Larry played basketball. We played basketball freshman, sophomore, then football. Yeah, I ain't yeah. try out so- after sophomore yeah, year. We was on the B team on, uh, for freshman football. We are freshman basketball. Yeah, because, all right, when I played, I made the A team, but then I noticed that I wasn't going to get into playing time because they had their favorites. Yeah. So I just said, man, let me go to the B team and keep developing. And I developed a lot better because I was having yeah, we people. We used to hoop, though. Yeah, we I had people out. like Larry. They put us in A tournaments. Yeah. We got smacked one tournament. I ain't even going to lie. Yeah, we used to hoop, though. You ain't that played for Central, Juwan? No, sir. No, nah, it was politics you, back then. You went to Central, though, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you the number one reason why Juwan played was short. You yeah. had to, if the only, the shortest, I think Lee and Tilly knew was like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, but it was Lee and Tilly. They knew who Lee and Tilly was. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. politics. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's just kind of what it came down to. Yeah. I got cut. I tried out my was junior year. Remember when Khrushchev already came down from the city? Remember Khrushchev was a nigga dunking over people in the, in the mm-hmm. so I got cut. I mean, I get it. I wasn't a basketball player. I was a football player playing basketball. Right. You know what I'm saying? But they was like, you going to come play? You going to try? You try? Yeah, I'm going to try out. But y'all cut me for yeah. And them niggas didn't even play. Like they and I think Art didn't even finish the season. Crucial didn't even finish the season. Mm. He was kicked on the team after like week three. And Art didn't even play none. I'm like, y'all could have put me on the team to sit the bench. Shit. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm At least in practice, I could have helped these niggas yeah. learn practice rebounding or something. But that's just that's what it is, bro. It's just like with foot with with sports, especially basketball back then, it was kind of like whatever Ski said went. Mm. And everybody followed that, whether it was administrators. Yeah, nobody but, really. When it came to basketball, nobody could tell Ski shit about what he true. was doing. That's true. Ski man, Ski would say he would he would watch rap videos and come in the in the gym and just be blurting out Dude, some. Ski was a character man, but Ski like when I say oh you talking about Steve, I remember we had a, we was playing summer league, bro, and Ski was coaching us. That nigga drove around the corner of Steve crib. Walked in the house, got him up out the bed, told him to get this shit and let's go. We, went, we was going to the city to play AU. Game. Yeah, but he also did screw Steve and uh, Kenny at the end. I mean. Kenny then went to Lockport. Kenny <laughs> and Steve went to Lockport. No, no Kenny and Marcus. Yeah, Marcus, Marcus went to Lockport. Bro. But Steve went somewhere else. He got kicked out of school and went somewhere else, and I think Ski, uh, Ski did something. 
But yeah, anytime you can put two 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 different sides of the town that don't see eye to eye together and go far in a sports program, I'm gonna have to give you a round of applause because you talking about uh, Central and West. I'm talking about the East Side and the Hill. Well, remember that? That's, oh, the East Side that was, Hill's okay. That was kind of like cheating to me. Two teams <laughs> being combined like that. You know what I'm saying? But, but think about the kids that. Okay, like y'all said, after 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 practice, you go home. Now think about how the Hill don't like the East Side, but for Skeet to put them together, and what, what did they go that year? They wind what up going sectionals. Yeah, them kids wind yeah. up going. So that's what I'm saying. Like, man, I think that's amazing because you can't. A lot of coaches, like you said, a lot of people come in as coaches, and they can't do that because they see that stuff and be like, man, I ain't dealing with that. Right. But he did it though. Yeah. So I, I always think that was amazing to me. Yeah, that was one thing. That's the only thing about Ski that you can give him. A, it was that he was willing to do. Like, yeah, willing to do willing certain to do that things. Shit. That yeah, them exactly. niggas was really in the streets. They yeah. remind That's me. Of, they remind <laughs> me of that movie Sunset Park. <laughs> oh. Them niggas was really in the streets, bro. Yeah, or and Coach they, Carter. Yeah, yeah. 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 they was really. Them niggas hey, was really. That time yeah. they was really in the streets. Really in the and streets. you put them kids together, and y'all did something amazing. Yeah. So. Having kids, they be having kids in senior year. Ski be like, "Oh God, goddamn, watch the baby, man, come to practice." <laughs> Don't you want to know something funny, man? Somebody just made a point about uh. Get old, bro. You know, you start, <laughs> your mind be going. Man, it be it be right there, then it go off. Somebody just made a point about uh. It'll come back to you, man. Don't don't hurt yourself. No, good one. Eyes a little, little itchy, but yeah, man, it's just like where we from. The city that we live in has always been kind of hostile. At some point, you had times where it was cool, and you had some times where it was hot. Yeah, right. But we all thrived. We always able to kind of get through it and keep our you know, kind of keep yourselves out of it, and just kind of sift through the rapid. It's a lot of kids, man, that is sitting right there on the cusp, and all they need is somebody to push them one way or the other. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and that's. Another reason why I got into what I was doing because sometimes your mama and your daddy at home, but they ain't at home. You know what I'm saying? Some of these kids raising themselves. They 14, 15 years old. They go home. They cook their food, own food. They wash their own self. You know what I'm saying? They getting clothes from their from their big brothers and shit. They're just passing it down to them because they nobody. They can't afford to get new ones. Or mom and daddy don't really give a fuck. Because where your brother's shoes? You know what I'm saying? Like I and I kind of grew up in a situation. Somewhat similar to that. My mama didn't care about me playing sports. Right. Mama came to didn't come to one game in my high school career of anything. She came to senior night, nigga, got her flower, got back in her car, and drove home. Damn. So she didn't give a damn. You know what I'm saying? She didn't care about it. She was why you just need to stop playing sports and go get a job. Yeah, my grandmother was like that. Mind she you, my mama made work since I was fucking 12, 11, 12 years old. Hmm. But she wanted me to get a job at <laughs> 16, 17. You know what I'm saying? So that like, I, I grew up in a, in something like that. So I try to go to practice every day and just say, hey, what's up? You feeling all right? How you doing? You good? You know what I'm saying? Because right. the kids, don't nobody ask them that shit. Don't nobody come to them and say, how you doing today? Or if you're having a bad day, you, you all right? You know, everything cool? They just, what's wrong with you today? Why you not? Get over there and get your ass up. Did you ask him if he's straight? Yeah. Did you at least see if he was okay before you just started laying into him about some shit? So do you feel like that, that type of development brings a, a, a strong type of loyalty between you and that player? It, it should. Do you feel like they play harder for you just because they know you're behind them like yeah, that? Yeah, that's that's the thing about being a coach. If your kids, perfect example, you seen the movie Blindside? Yeah. Remember when she kept telling them, 
Oh, he he, he tested such and such and protective instincts. Ninety nine percent. Remember, he was playing like ass, and then when the coach got in his face because dude kicked him in the helmet. Yeah. Oh, don't worry, I got your coach, and he put the nigga over the fence. Yeah. That's real life, bro. That's how it is. These kids want to see exactly somebody yeah. go to bat for them. So if you can't do nothing but scream at them all the time, but you never scream and and supported them, you know what I'm saying? So like we playing, we play a team. Say we play a team as the other team playing dirty, right? And one of our kids gets to protect themselves. You scream at him for protecting himself, but you're not saying, hey, ref, tell him to do this. Or get the, get him off my kid. That kid going to be like, damn. So I, I just supposed to let him whoop my ass and not do nothing. Oh, I'm like, hey, somebody better figure this shit out. That's like the little, the, the, the technical rule in basketball. When the coach get a technical on purpose to, you yeah. know, you know ride a team up. Tell Pop Dick I sent to the locker room with a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. And them niggas come back from a 30-point deficit and win. Yeah. Like that is, but you, they have to see that. Especially at 14 or 15 years old. By the time they get to junior and seniors, they like, eh, it is what it is. But when they're young like that, if you don't show these kids that you give a damn about them, they're not going to play hard. Not every time. Or they're going to play for themselves and not for the team. Football is a team sport. You got to play for your team. Every man has to do every, uh You got to do they, your job. Yeah, I tell you, you got to do job. your job. Yeah. And just trust the man next to you going to do his. But you can't, you can't get that if you don't. If you yourself as a coach won't do your job. And put your stick your neck out for your kids. You know what I'm saying? The kid having a bad day in school, or he having his his grades slipping. You know he he normally have. Hey man, what's going on? You all right? Don't just be like, why your grades fucked up? Go run. That ain't doing nothing for that kid. Right. He's just another person just gave up on me or giving up on me. These kids ain't dumb, man. They 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 went through a lot. But just think about how much you went through by 14. You wasn't dumb by no means. Yeah. So what's your game plan after this, man? I'm trying to go as far as I can go. And what's 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 as far as you can I go? I don't need to. I see my this is my whole thing about it, right? I don't need no recognition for nothing I do. As long as I help the kids, I'm cool. So I can be a D line coach for fucking 15 years, and I had no problem with it. I don't need to be a head coach. If it come along, hell yeah, I'm gonna take it. But I don't need that. I don't need mm-hmm. the, the recognition for somebody be like, oh, he he changed the program. No, because I could change it from within, and nobody ever know my name, and mm-hmm. I'm straight with that. Right, because when the game over with, if the players like me and they having a good time and they winning and they progressing, and somebody say, "Hey, you doing well?" You know what I'm saying? You doing good? That's all I care about. I like. I, I honestly don't care nothing about nothing but the kids, bro. I don't care about another coach and they feelings or how they feel about me. I don't even care about how your parents feel. Am I making you a better player? Am I making you a better person? That's all that matter to me. That's real spit, man. Hey, well. You know, we hit our one hour mark, man. I appreciate you coming out, man. I know we didn't get to talk about the, some of the other stuff, but I feel like this was a good conversation, man. A lot of people need to hear from a a, a male, another male, different voice outside of our own coming in, talking about how he's trying to affect other kids that's not in his own household and how he's trying to really push out a positive narrative. And he really wants to give back to community. And uh, later on, man, my brothers and me, man, we're going to be trying to reach out to the community as well and do things. So we hope to have you back on. Oh, yeah, I'll come back no problem. Yeah, and we also want to go ahead and start looking at ways we can give back to community because, again, we are fathers. We are black men who do feel like we need to start developing more black men in a positive light instead of the narrative that we hear. So, man, as uh, we go ahead and end this podcast, man, I thank my brothers for always coming out, man. My brother Joshua, my brother Juwan, and my brother Larry, man. I appreciate y'all, man. I'm your host, J-Ron. Peace.